So today's Mindful Monday episode is going to be a little different as promised from our last episode, which was also a Mindful Monday episode. I mentioned I am going to be sharing my journey through India, the spiritual pilgrimage that I took back in November and December of 2017. Now, along with sharing the why of that journey, why I decided to go to India today, I'm also tying in the concept of mindfulness. I want to talk about becoming more mindful of listening. Namaste, and welcome to the Follow Your Path podcast. I'm your host, Vina Lene Rachel. I'm a moon priestess, intuitive, emotional alchemist, and channeler of the divine, and I've been diving into the world of the spiritual and metaphysical for over a decade now to self-heal my own trauma, become more emotionally stable, and cultivate my manifestation magic. I am so excited to now be bringing these same tools and techniques to you on this channel. There are a variety of ways for us to work on our higher selves. We can use practices like yoga, meditation, and breath work. We can receive energy work, crystal healing, or pull to row and oracle cards. We can call in our angels, ancestors, spirit guides, spirit animals, or more. Or maybe we find more alignment with astrology and the moon. I'm going to hold space for it all here on this channel. As you navigate each episode, I hope you find the guidance and wisdom you need to find your own path of self-healing and magic. May you become confident and courageous enough to continue to follow the path that best serves you. Thank you so much for tuning into this channel and trusting me to be a part of your unique journey. It truly is an honor to do this work and be here. Let's dive into today's episode. Namaskar, friends. Welcome back to the show and welcome to another Mindful Monday episode. So today's Mindful Monday episode is going to be a little different as promised from our last episode, which was also a Mindful Monday episode. I mentioned I am going to be sharing my journey through India, the spiritual pilgrimage that I took back in November and December of 2017. Now, along with sharing the why of that journey, why I decided to go to India today, I'm also tying in the concept of mindfulness. I want to talk about becoming more mindful of listening. So last week we talked about becoming more mindful, period, right? Becoming more mindful in general, becoming more mindful of our health, of our energy, of maybe our own uh, limiting beliefs or limiting behaviors, our limiting mindset, and also becoming more mindful of what's important. Now, I think that you have to start by just learning how to cultivate mindfulness, right? And that's why I talked about the things I did last week, 
We can't go any further with mindfulness. We can't create practices around mindfulness if we don't first learn how to become mindful or understand what that means. So if you did not tune in to my episode last week, last Monday, I do encourage you to go back and listen to that first to understand a little bit more about what I'm talking about today. So if you are familiar with mindfulness or you did listen to last week's episode, let's go a little deeper today and talk about becoming more mindful of listening. Simply listening. Maybe it's tuning into whatever you hear in the space that you are in. This is one of my favorite practices to lead my yoga students through when they're relaxing at the end of a practice or going through a guided meditation or you know, really any sort of past life regression or other guided meditations that I lead people through. I always start by encouraging someone to become more aware of the space that they're in and doing that with the eyes closed. So taking out that visual sense so that the other senses become stronger. So when you close your eyes, and if it's safe for you to do so, even right now, you know, can you close your eyes? Or if you can't, can you simply listen more intently to all of the sounds around you? So at first you might hear things that are louder or more distracting, things that call your attention. But the longer you listen, the more subtlety you start to hear, right? Like maybe you hear things off in the distance. If you're inside, maybe you hear things on the outside. Maybe you hear gentle whispers throughout the spaces you're in. Maybe you start to hear sounds of nature. And maybe if you listen even more intently, even beyond the things that you're hearing in this physical space, the things that you're hearing on the other external surroundings, maybe you start to hear things on the internal. If you really tune in and listen, if you get really quiet and you really listen, maybe you start to hear tummy gurgles or your heartbeat. Maybe you just hear your breath. Maybe you go even further. Yes, maybe you go beyond the physical. And this is the point that I'm getting to right now is if you really take time to tune within, to get rid of all of the external noise, and listen within and even move beyond your own physical body, you'll start to hear these other gentle whispers. You could call it messages from God, universe. You could call it signs or messages from your angels or your ancestors or your guides. But you're going to start to hear things and maybe it's even coming from just like your inner subconscious which is also connected to the other side, to our guides, our guardians, to source consciousness. But we have to listen in order to tap into that, okay? And the reason I'm starting with this topic, with this concept to share my India journey 
is because there is a moment towards the very end of my trip when I am journeying through Puri, India, that I wind up in the ashram of Sri Yukteswar Jiri. And also, you might be more familiar with the name Parahimsa Yogananda, also his ashram. And in this ashram, there was a picture of Jesus amongst all of the other gurus. And that picture of Jesus and the questioning that I had around it and the answers that I received that day really gave me a deeper understanding and wisdom of my entire religious slash spiritual journey. I'm talking from my childhood growing up in church. I have other episodes on this, by the way, if you want to go back and um, listen to those (laughs) talking about witchiness and whatnot, but I grew up in the church and had a very strong connection to Christianity, and I grew up in the Southern Baptist faith, and so as I got older, I parted from that, and I kind of lost my way with spirituality for a while. I became very agnostic. I didn't want to be connected to anything Christian-like, and then through first the world of yoga, and then... um, through the world of, you know, just my own journey through astrology and understanding myself and other things. But then also this, this journey through India, it really tied everything together and helped me understand why I was on the path that I was. And it took me listening, really opening my ears and opening up my mind in between those ears to listen to what was told to me in India in order to really understand, right? I had to listen. I had to set aside maybe things that were taught to me as I was growing up or things that were indoctrinated into me as a child. I had to just open up my ears and listen to what these people on the other side of the world had to say about Jesus and his... um, his messages and his um, intentions (laughs) for us humans. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. Let's, let's talk about listening in general and why I bring up this topic today for mindfulness. So if you meditate, then you are probably taking time to listen, but maybe not, right? Maybe when you meditate, you do some sort of TM, transcendental meditation, you have some sort of mantra that you're chanting, or maybe you're not practicing TM, but you do have a mantra that you're chanting during your meditation. My question for you is, do you take time to listen or be in the quiet or be in the stillness once you complete chanting your mantra? So do you create all of that noise with your mantra, whether it be silently in your mind or whether it be verbally out loud, but do you create that noise And when you're done, do you just simply say om or seal in your mantra and go about your day? Or do you sit in the quiet and reflect and receive? Do you sit in the stillness? 
and reflect and receive? Do you take time to listen after creating the noise? You know, take it to your yoga practice if you're a yoga practitioner. You know, think about asana, right? You go into your practice, you move your body, you breathe, you do some sort of physical exertion, and then you come into shavasana. You come into stillness. And then usually even after shavasana, you still sit up and and you meditate even more. You create all of this noise in your body, all of this movement, all of this noise in your breath, all of this noise in your mind because everything gets stirred up, right? And then you quiet the mind and you quiet the body and you find stillness and you receive what the practice had to offer you. And the same thing goes for meditation. Now, I'm going to take it to a different practice. How many of you pray? How many of you have a daily prayer practice or a regular prayer practice? I have several clients who are devout Christians, very strong in their faith, and pray on a daily basis. And I even had a client recently for Reiki that was talking about her faith and how strong she was in faith. And when I did a session on her, I could just tell that her ears were not open (laughs) energetically. And I had the same question for her that I asked these other two clients of mine at one point. I said, do you pray? And as the other two did say before, she said yes. I said, do you take time after you pray to listen to what God has to say to you? And all three of my clients that I've asked this to have said, oh, no. And I said, right, you say your prayers, prayers, wishes, thanks. You say amen, you go about your day. You don't take time to listen to God, to listen to the messages that come back from the other side, right? Think about it like a telephone conversation. If you're having a conversation with God or your guides or spirit or creation or universe or source consciousness or whatever you wanna call it, but if you're having that conversation one way, if you're meditating, if you're praying, if you're chanting, if you're singing gospel, if you're having that conversation one way, and not taking time to listen to the other side. I personally think you're wasting your time. (laughs) I think that it has to go both ways, right? We have to have the balance of giving and receiving. So take time to listen when you're finished meditating, when you're finished chanting, when you're done with your physical yoga practice, when you're finished singing your hymns and praises and gospel, when you're finished praying, Take a few minutes to listen. And if you don't have a religious practice, if you don't have a spiritual practice, that's okay. Maybe you just take time on a daily basis to quiet your mind and listen to whatever comes through. At first, it's going to be a lot of thoughts in your own mind. And then there's going to be things that come through and they come through probably in your voice, in your mind, but you're like, wait, where did that come from? What was that? That wasn't from me. That seems like that was not for me. And then you'll start to feel like you're going crazy. And that's when you know that you've tapped in, (laughs) right? I feel like I talk to a lot of people in my world who are maybe just diving into the world of the spiritual, metaphysical, new age, religion, etc. And they all go, am I crazy? I feel like I'm crazy. 
I think we all go through that <laughs> because we start to hear these messages, these words of wisdom, guidance from what seems to be our voice, but we know it's not of our own. But our own voice is who we listen to the most. It's our ego, right? We listen to our head. We listen to our mind. And therefore, a lot of times our guides will try to reach us. Our ancestors, our angels, God, etc. will try to reach us through our own voice in our mind or out loud. Sometimes I know with my channelings, when I'm teaching or when I'm recording these podcasts or simply channeling out loud, I have things come through that I speak out loud that I'm like, ooh, that was good. That was deep. And I know it's coming from source. It's not coming from me. But I have to take time to listen. Uh, one of the practices that I mentioned in our last transmission, in our last Mindful Monday transmission, I talked about you know, getting in touch with your feelings by talking out loud on a voice recorder and then listening to that. It's kind of like an audio journal. And listening to yourself talk out loud can be really insightful. You can have a lot of things come through. So with that, I encourage you to take more time to listen. And before I go deeper to talk about my India journey, I want to do a quick little practice to help you practice listening more. So wherever you are, it doesn't matter if you are driving or walking or you're seated or you're by yourself or you're somewhere else, can you just for a moment tune into your breath? If it's safe for you to close your eyes, absolutely block out that visual sensory, close your eyes. But if it's not safe, it's cool. Just tune into your breath and just notice. Notice your breathing. Maybe you can hear your breath. Maybe you can feel it. Maybe you notice where your breath travels in your body. Maybe you notice your inhales versus your exhales. Can you slow down your breath? As you tune in, notice your inhale and notice your exhale. Notice each one separately. No judgment on each, just noticing inhales and exhales. Breath moving in, breath moving out. Continue to notice your breath. Now can you notice not only your inhale and exhale, but the spaces in between? Can you notice that gentle pause after you take a deep breath in, right before you exhale, and then after you exhale, can you notice that gentle pause after you let the breath out? before you take another inhale. So it's like that two-part breath becomes a four-part breath. You move from just noticing your inhales and exhales to noticing 
the spaces in between. Continue to notice, breath in, gentle pause, breath out, gentle pause. And as you tune in to these spaces in between, these gentle pauses between your breath, can you notice the stillness there? Can you notice quiet, the lack of sound? Notice the sound and the noise that your breath creates, that noise on the inhale, and then a pause, and then the noise on the exhale, and then another quiet pause. Start to tune into the quiet in between your breath. Maybe you can even start to stretch that out. Maybe you take deeper breaths in so you have a deeper pause before you need to breathe out. And maybe you just linger at the bottom of your breath for a moment listening before you breathe in again. Maybe take one or two more rounds of breath like this, listening in between. And when you're ready, just return to normal breathing. Maybe notice if anything came up, if you heard some sort of message or felt something in your body or whatever may have arisen in that breathwork practice. Stretching out your breath and finding the pauses in between, listening in between your breath. This is a great practice to help you tune more within and to help you to listen more when you're doing other things. So after you pray, after you sing, after you meditate, after you chant, after you journal, listen to the stillness after, the echoes, the reflections, the vibrations, what comes back to you. I wanna transition now. I wanna begin talking about my journey through India, but I need to start by talking about why I decided to go there in the first place, because this is a question I get a lot. It's been about five years now since I traveled to the other side of the world, and I certainly got the question a lot more in the beginning, but I still get it now when I mention that I've been to India, that I spent a month there. People ask me, why did you want to go to India? Valid question. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a simple answer. I didn't have just one reason why I wanted to go to India. I actually had three reasons. And the first one came out of becoming a yoga teacher. So when I went to my yoga teacher training in Mexico and I learned under my, my teachers, Kate and Ganga, 
they had both been to India. They had met in India. They'd both traveled to India several times. And just listening to them, there's that listening topic, right? Listening to their journey was very inspirational to me. It just made me have a curiosity to go there and explore. I'm a very much a wanderluster. I love to explore the world. I have Jupiter and Sagittarius. I do enjoy a good journey to learn about other cultures. So just hearing my yoga teachers talk about India made me want to go there. I was curious. I wanted to see this side of the world and understand more about it. <laughs> Did you hear that little noise on my computer? By the way, it was like a little doo-doo confirmation from the universe. And <laughs> there it is again. So I'm going to mute that because it's going to keep on going. So I wanted to go to India, number one, just because I was curious. I heard my teachers talk about it. It created a curiosity within me. I thought, wow, this is place I'd like to check out in the world at some point. Now, when I went to my yoga teacher training, I was there for about three weeks and we meditated every single day. And I was fortunate enough to have a meditation practice before I went to my yoga teacher training. I knew that we would be meditating every day. I wanted to be prepared for that. So a few months before I went for my training, I started a daily meditation practice. I meditated for 45 minutes every morning and for 20 minutes every evening. Now, at the time I did not have a child. <laughs> I had a lot more time on my hands and uh, things were a little bit easier to do that. So don't feel bad if you can't meditate for that amount of time. It was something I was able to do because I had that time freedom. But I did have a pretty strong meditation practice by the time I went to my teacher training. So meditating every day there when I was really dropped into that spiritual space, that space of opening my mind and my heart, I had a lot of messages come through in my meditations. And things that I knew at that time, I developed a strong enough practice to know what was my voice and what was not of my voice. And when I was in Mexico meditating one day in my yoga teacher training, I had a message come through that I needed to go to India. It wasn't just a desire to want to go to India out of curiosity. It was a need. I needed to understand my yogi roots better. I just knew if I was going to become a yoga teacher that I really needed to understand the practice, the history, the philosophy, the culture around it. I'm big on respecting culture. I come from an indigenous background. A lot of people don't realize that about me because they look at me and they think I'm just a white, <laughs> a white Caucasian American girl, cisgender. But I am actually Choctaw and Creek. Both of my great grandmothers, one on each side, were full blood um, native. One was Creek, one was Choctaw. And so I am indigenous. And unfortunately, I don't have family members that practice 
in our culture and in our ways anymore. And I very much need to respect culture because of that. Like I have taken my own time in these past 39 some odd years at this point in time in my life to understand more about culture and, and indigenous ways. And I'm still learning, but I'm very much a person that whatever I learn, I've got to go to the roots of it. I've got to get to the source of it. Again, Jupiter and Sagittarius, I've got to wander and both wonder how everything came about. So I was meditating one day in Mexico in my yoga teacher training, and I felt this call to go to go to India. I was told I needed to go to understand the origin of my yoga teaching roots just a little better. So that's where it began, was my yoga teacher training back in 2015. And I thought about India a lot from that point on. I put it on my vision board. I looked into retreats. I, you know, tried to find my way there, but nothing really worked out. And for two years, I tried to figure out how to get to India, looked at my vision board every day, thought about India. And nothing was really happening. So in the beginning of 2017, I think it was January or February of 2017, here I am looking at my vision board, kind of reanalyzing everything, thinking about what I want to change. And here comes that India journey written up on my vision board. And I'm also thinking about fertility because me and my husband now at this point have been married for a couple of years. We've been together for about 12 years and we're ready to start a family. We want to think about having a baby and I've mentioned this in several podcasts that I was born with hemophilia so getting pregnant naturally is not the easiest thing. It requires a lot of planning and certainty and different routes I want to go and I was trying to decide if I wanted to do IVF or if I wanted to do some sort of um, fertility assistance on my journey or not. But regardless, me and my husband made a decision that 2017 was the last year of my travels. I'm a person that travels a lot, but I decided after 2017, I would set down my travels and I would focus on getting pregnant and we would focus on starting a family. So in the beginning of 2017, I wrote down on my vision board I will get pregnant between November of 2017 and February of 2018. I kind of figured if by November I hadn't figured out how to get to India, it probably wasn't going to happen that year and I needed to just set that dream aside and move on. Now here's the thing. Sometimes you really have to listen to your heart and what you want. Because sometimes you get tempted and sometimes you get offered opportunities and crossroads that make you question your intentions, that make you question your dreams, that make you question those things you wrote on your vision board, that make you question if it's what you really, really want. So I wrote this on my vision board. I will become pregnant between November of 2017 and February of 2018. I'm a big believer in writing down dates on intentions and goals, even if you don't meet them by the time that date comes around. Setting a timeline and a date 
on your goal helps to make it more realistic. So I wrote that on my vision board and guess what happened? Guess what happened that week? There was an India retreat announced. One led by one of my own teachers, my teacher Kate from my yoga teacher training, one of the teachers who inspired me to go to India in the first place. She was leading a group to India and I had the opportunity to go. Now here's the kicker. The retreat was in January of 2018. What had I just written on my vision board earlier that week? I will become pregnant between November of 2017 and February of 2018, which means that I could possibly be pregnant in January of 2018, which means that I could be pregnant in India and no, that's not, (laughs) that's not the plan, right? So I had to listen to my heart. I had to listen to what I really wanted. I knew that we really wanted to start a family, me and my husband in 2018. And I had to make the hard decision to turn that India opportunity down. There's another ding from the universe, right? I had to listen to my heart because my heart wasn't going to force anything. And this is important when you're manifesting, when you're working on goals and intentions, you can't force it. You can't force one dream over another. If you have a certain dream and you've set it and then you have another dream and you've set that, you can't force one onto the other or over the other if you want both to happen. I want to become pregnant at that time. I also wanted to go to India. I wasn't going to compromise one of those dreams over the other. So I said, nope. If it's supposed to work out, it's going to work out. But did I know if it was going to work out? Mm. At that point, I wasn't sure. So actually that day, the day that I decided to not go on this retreat with my teacher to India, I had a deep, deep meditation. And I wanted to meditate and just take a moment to ask the universe if India was going to work out if I was really supposed to go to India. Like I had heard this calling. I had felt inspired. I I, I thought I was supposed to go, (laughs) but I wasn't sure. So I sat down to meditate and I asked the universe to simply help me understand if I am supposed to go to India, if it is a journey that's going to happen in my life, maybe before I have a baby, maybe after, maybe down the road. I just needed to know if this was something in my path or not. Now, of course, I asked the questions and I meditated on the question and I meditated on the intentions and the journey and everything else. But I also took time to listen, right? And this is the key because you can meditate on things all you want, but you have to listen for the answers. So after I'd asked these questions and wondered about things in my mind, I sat in silence for some time. And I had this divine message come to me. I have no other way to describe this voice. It was not of my own. It was a much bigger voice. And when it spoke to me in my meditation, it said, not only do you need to go to India, you must 
go to India in order to become a mother. That was the message I received. You must emphasize the must. It was like in booming capital letters in a megaphone. You must go to India in order to become a mother. And right after that, I saw the words Shakti pilgrimage in my mind. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't really understand what Shakti meant. I knew what a pilgrimage was. I knew it was kind of like a spiritual journey. That's not really what I was trying to go to India for. I just wanted to go to India to learn more about yoga or maybe practice yoga. But something came from the universe. Something came from source, from my guides that said, you need to go on a spiritual journey through India. And it needs to revolve around the Shakti the feminine. Now, back in my yoga teacher training, and I've talked about this in another podcast episode, one of the pieces of advice that my teachers gave me, Ganga and Kim, at the very end of my training was to soften into my feminine. To soften into my feminine. And they gave me a very specific, Ganga gave me a very specific mantra with the Shakti energies to chant. And then here I am after chanting this mantra for two years, I get these divine messages in my mind to go on a Shakti pilgrimage through India in order to become a mother, in order to heal my womb traumas, in order to balance my masculine and feminine energy, in order to understand more about the divine about Shakti in general, because <laughs> I didn't have a strong connection to that growing up, to female energy. I was told by the universe I had to go to India to understand this energy more and in order to become a mother. So that very day, as soon as I was done with this meditation, as soon as these messages came into my mind, I went to my vision board and I wrote Shakti pilgrimage to India on my vision board. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I just wrote it down and trusted in that message that I had received. So flash forward that very night, I'm listening to a webinar. It's called a Womb Illumination Webinar, and it's hosted by Shona Keeley Jones out of Hawaii. I don't know if you follow her or not. If you don't, follow Shona Keeley Jones or look up wombillumination.com. Great, uh, great female priestess to follow. But I'm listening to her webinar and she has a guest speaker on there and they're talking about um, all kinds of things, talking about the feminine, talking about tantric yoga and Everything that this guest has to say really resonates with me. Like she grew up in a small town. She's attracted to the woo. She always felt a little different. I felt like I could really relate to her. I was really inspired by what she had to say. And here's the kicker. Well, there's two kickers, actually. First off, her name was Halo. Like an angel, right? Her name was Halo bringing these messages that really resonate with me. Now here's the second kicker. At the end of her talk, all about Tantra, 
and feminine energy and womb health and illumination, she announces that she's leading a retreat in India in November and December of that year. So November and December of 2017. And she's calling it the Sublime Shakti Pilgrimage. Wait a minute, what? Had I not just written Shakti Pilgrimage on my vision board that day? Had I not just received a message in my meditation that day with the words Shakti Pilgrimage after a message that I must go to India in order to become a mother? I was mind blown. When I heard those words Shakti Pilgrimage come out of Halo's mouth, My jaw dropped to the floor. (laughs) I had chills throughout my body. I didn't know what was happening, but I signed up for the retreat immediately. Immediately. As soon as that webinar was done, I went to her website. I looked up the retreat. I filled out an application and I signed up for the pilgrimage. The reason I decided to choose this one over the other one with my teacher was because it was in November of 2017. And I said, I will become pregnant between November of 2017 and February of 2018. That's what I had written down on my vision board. So I knew if I could just get to India at the end of the year, at the end of 2017, as planned, I check that off the list. It's what I need to do to become a mother, apparently. And then in 2018, I can focus on fertility and becoming pregnant and growing into motherhood. So I listened, right? Coming back to that topic today, I listened to the message that came to me after meditation. I listened to this offering coming from this person who seems to be like a message from an angel (laughs) on the very day that I received this message from God, universe, source. So I knew that this was the trip for me. Now here's the funny part. Despite knowing this was the trip for me, despite hearing these very words that had come to me in meditation, knowing that this is the pilgrimage I'm supposed to go on, I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. I had enough money for the down payment. I think it was like $600 at the time or something like that. And I, I had that money and I put that money down, but I had no idea how I was going to pay for the rest of the retreat, how I was going to pay for my flight, how I was going to get there. I had no idea, but I trusted in the universe. I trusted in the message that had come through telling me I had to go on a Shakti pilgrimage to become a mother. I trusted in this Shakti pilgrimage that was laid in my lap that very day after listening to this talk from these two women talking all about womb illumination. You know, sometimes you just have to listen. You just have to listen to the universe and you have to trust. You have to listen to God, creatress, creator, source. You have to listen from within, from your heart. When your heart beats fast and it sets on fire and it gets really ignited and excited for something, you know that's the right choice. And that's how I felt when I heard Halo say, 
Shakti pilgrimage, sublime Shakti pilgrimage. My heart lit up with sublimation. I was excited to go. And so that's why, in a nutshell, I chose to go to India. How I ended up deciding to go to India, three reasons in all, but one that was really source talking to me and putting me on that path and me listening to the call and taking it up and sitting on the other side of things, you know, five years down the road now, I can say that that was the path that was meant to be for me. I don't know what would have happened with my life if I hadn't gone to India on that journey, if I hadn't gone on that Shakti pilgrimage through India. You guys all know now I am a mother. Did it happen because of that? I don't know. Guess you'll find out (laughs) with the rest of my story, right? So in the spirit of it being Sagittarius season, the sign of the cosmic traveler, wanderer, the sign of cosmic wonderlust, I'm going to be spending the next few weeks sharing episode by episode, day by day, my Shakti spiritual pilgrimage, my sublime, (laughs) I don't know if it was so sublime by the end, but my Shakti pilgrimage through India, I'm going to be sharing the journey every single episode with you. So there is a lot more to come. I'm super excited about it. But I just wanted to start here. I wanted to drop into a topic of mindfulness to talk about listening and share with you why, why I went to India and how I answered that call. So that's what I have for you today, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you continue to practice listening every day in addition to your other mindful practices, your meditations, your prayers, whatever you're doing to be more mindful. Make sure that you're taking time to listen as well. You never know what messages will come through. You never know what guidance you can receive or wisdom you can uncover and unfold, but you have to take time to listen. So with that, until we meet again for our next episode, talking about my very first day in India, we start with my journey in Calcutta, India. I'll be sharing about that next. But until then, may we all be happy. May we all be healthy. May we all feel safe and at peace. And may we all feel loved, be loved, and love one another. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. Blessed be. I hope today's message served you. If you enjoy the Follow Your Path podcast, I would love for you to leave a review. As a thank you, every month I do a drawing from the reviews and I choose one person to win a free one-hour, one-on-one soul coaching session with me. This can be done in person or online depending on where you are. I also feature reviews on my website and social media, so thank you for the feedback and the testimonials. It truly is an honor to be here. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to meeting with you again in the next episode.